I'm Charlie Taylor. I'm Ben Carter, run hip hop by the numbers on Twitter. Use hip hop statistics to highlight the bigger picture. I'm director of the Fifth Element, where I highlight Fifth Element hip hop with his knowledge. And welcome to Digging in the Digits. <laughs> Push your throat back, like, <laughs> and just like, yeah. <laughs> I put, I push my head back a bit. You have to like, you have to like pull your neck in like a turtle. No. <laughs> oh, that hurts. It's a, that's that's an occupational hazard during COVID because if you get a sore struggle. throat from that, you're gonna have to go get a test, man. That's... Oh, the struggle. Jay the Kiss would be disappointed in you, my guy. <laughs> Fucking hell. I know. That was a struggle. <laughs> oh. Uh, okay. Hi, Ben. How's your throat been? And we'll be see this week. <laughs> That's such a nasty thing to say too. How's your throat been without <laughs> So, so this week I got into. I'm going to talk about three albums. Uh, indulge me because it might be a bit long on the second one. But as I ever shared, the house is burning. I did listen to it. Uh, I I actually think look there there are a few things in this world more joyous than an artist who is very very good at the peak of their powers and. I think on the house is burning. Zay showed exactly why he signed to the best label in music right now, because he weaves this new narrative around just the tapestry of musical influence from trap to G funk to bounce to neo soul. Like it's all on here, and his story thus far is really difficult to hear. And to be honest, this record feels like such a breath of calm and and serenity in stark contrast to what we know he just went through. And if you don't know what that is, go read the Fader article and. It's rough, man. It's rough. He's had a very difficult five years. It's a warm record, and it slips seamlessly into the background of any situation I've been in during the last week, but not in a bad way. It's more of an unobtrusive but supportive role. So it's good enough to engage with, but it's good enough to place in the background and not lose focus, which is a very hard dichotomy to pull off. It's not easy to do. You have to be very fucking good at what you do, and Zay is very fucking good at what he does. And you know what? This is... I didn't, when I first listened to it, I was like, this is not going to be my favorite as Irish Hat album. I just keep going back to it. I just and, and everyone I talk to on Twitter is just like, yeah, just put on repeat and repeat and repeat and just keep playing it. And that's how I felt about it. You know, I, it's an amazing record. It took me a while to get it to, to actually listen to it, but I'm glad I did. Uh, Lana Del Rey, Chemtrails Over Country Club. Now, this came out earlier in the year. Indulge me here. Cause random. This, this is a bit long, but... I've been listening to this semi-consistently since it dropped, and it's a stunning piece of music. So on Thursday, I went outside, I lay on the grass in the sun, and I played this album over and over and over until the sun disappeared and I had to retreat inside. It's a deep, immersive experience with Lana gently beckoning you into this self-contained, sepia-tinged world she has constructed. It's warm, it's uncomplicated, it's supportive, but it's, it's freedom. There's a freedom to this. And the theme of simplicity permeates every single part of this record. Lana creates this sense with unbelievably vivid storytelling. Really sto- great storytelling. It never overshares. It never outstays its welcome. 
And it's even more interesting when you track her lyrical progression. You know, in her early career, she struggled with the balance of external and internal validation through relationships with people who are notably absent on this record. You know, people who were involved in her earlier records. I'm not talking about people who actually helped her make it. I'm talking about the characters in her stories. They're, they're missing on this record. It's almost like watching someone grow from an insecure attachment style to a secure one, which is a deeply difficult transition to make. And Lana feels really authentic and, and centered in her current state. And the level of detail is so key, so key. But she can only focus on these because, firstly, the instrumentals are gorgeous. They transport you directly to the center of the images. And secondly, because her vocals are just stunning. Like, this is her seventh album. And her ability and experience lives within every song on here. She doesn't waste a single second. And the way that she controls the tone of her voice is genuinely masterful. She leaves a lot of space for you as the listener to emote. And then she kind of slips back in with, with dexterity. I can't praise this album any higher. This, this album to me is a holiday when I can't take a holiday. I listen to it almost every day. I go outside. Uh, I'm in lockdown right now. I can't even leave the house. I just go and sit in my, my backyard and listen to this. And it's it's this world that she's constructed, this perfectly curated image. And she's, as she sings, she paints emotion into every scene. And it's great, man. I'm, I'm really grateful for artists committing to making full concept albums in the current musical climate. Every time I listen to this record, I get taken on a journey. And with each song, I actually keep expecting her to fumble it, like to, to break the, the spell but she never does, and I can't fault this record. It's perfect. I, I just think it's unbelievable. Um, if Lana Del Rey is not your thing, totally understand, but if if she is, then please listen to that album. Finally, King's Disease 2 by Nas. I actually think Nas heard the criticism of his last album because this is just unbelievable record. This gave me It Was Written vibes, like real throwback Nas sound mixed beautifully with the sound of now. Lyrically too, I think Nas is back to that legendary consistency that we saw earlier in his career. I think on these last two projects there have been a few lyrical missteps, but I didn't see any of that on here at all. Like maybe a couple of bars here and there, but that's to be expected. And, you know, Lauren Hill just came and cleaned the whole thing up, man. That verse is just like... <sighs> Bro, like... It made me sad. I understand her verse. You know, she she explicitly uh, like talks about where she's been and, and what's been going on and like why she hasn't been dropping music. But far out, she can rap so well. Twenty twenty one, just unbelievable. Uh, I'm really surprised at how great the song with A Boogie and YG is, as well as Brunch on Sundays. I didn't think the Eminem verse was unlistenable as as unlistenable as usual. Uh, I think Hit Boy deserves so much credit here. He's the conductor pulling Nas into these eclectic directions. Death Row East is a true late 90s Nas throwback. Uh, Store Run has that sample-based beat. Uh, nobody, perfect R&B. Then, you know, we get a bit of epicness. Composure, My Bible Moments. I think it's a great album. I really do think it's a great album. I think it's his best album since Stillmatic. And I really only think you could comfortably put Illmatic and it was written above it. I, I genuinely do. I've listened to it quite a lot over the last week. And I, great project, man. Like, one of his best. So, yeah, that was me, Charlie. What about yourself? Yeah, definitely. Uh, getting to that in a second. Uh, yeah, I got into some real good stuff this week, actually. Really good stuff. Um, so, I started off with Brittany Howard's. Uh, I've been wanting to listen to this for, like, two weeks uh, since it dropped. Like, yeah, it dropped in uh, uh, July 23rd, so it's a couple of weeks ago. And, uh oh, 
Jamie reimagined. So I'll see if you it helps if you you know listen to her previous album, Jamie. Um, but yeah, the reimagined version of this is crazy. Like just the, the people she gets on here is stupid. So you start off with Michael Kiwanuka doing 13th century metal, and that sounds something straight from Love and Hate. It just screams. It screams Love and Hate, Michael Kiwanuka, and I love that. It's my favorite Michael Kiwanuka. Then you have uh, Earth Gang on Goathead, which is great. Stay High, not just a, there's a Childish Gambino version, and there's also a version from Fred Again and Joy Anonymous, and they're both so sick in their own way. It's just, <laughs> they're so absurdly good in their own way. Uh, the the uh, the Fred Again one, uh, which is fun, funny enough, called Stay High Again, um, it's just so dancey. It's oh, so bouncy. It just reminds me of like uh, whipping my dad going to London. Uh, Charles Gambino just floats on on his version. Uh, press uh, present yeah presents with little dragon bangs. Bonnie Vare on short and sweet. Uh, bad bad not good remix on tomorrow. Those three in particular just bleed into each other so nicely. Uh, Sid and Jeff Gittleman on Baby. Georgia Ann Muldrow does a G-mix of History Repeats. Uh, oh, Comment and Ninth Wonder on He Loves Me. Stupid. Uh, Jungle on History Repeats again. And uh, Run To Me with Laura and Vula. Just, it bangs. Like, the whole thing just bangs. Like, it's, it's, actually, it's actually crazy. You sh- it shouldn't be this good. It shouldn't be this high quality. It shouldn't be... Well, it should be this high quality, but... Not in the way of like subjectively. Objectively, it's really, really good. But subjectively, there's some artists here I don't even listen to, but it just works for this. It just works. Just going through it all, uh, 47 minutes. It just, it's crazy how good, how clean this is. It's just every song just has its own flavor, unique flavor. And obviously, that's the point. But I didn't expect it to just be that clean for me. It was just oh, subjectively so great for me. I really enjoyed it. Uh, Dave East and Harry Fraud, Harfa. Um, this is um, this is this is it's, it's okay. It's cool. Um, I think my thing with this is, I don't think it has anything to do with Dave East. Actually, it's more about the features for me personally. Um, the beats are okay here. There's a couple of beats I'm not really into, but you know, that's, that's, I'll, I'll you know, that's I'll chalk that to the game. Um. But you know, I just like I don't know. I, d- I didn't really. G Herb on golf was okay. Benny was cool and Uncle Rick. I didn't like that one actually. Uh, but yeah, past that, I was, I was I don't know. It just felt like it just felt like people were coming on, and I was kind of here for more Dave East, and then a feature came through, and I was just like, okay. And I should uh, you know I should be excited more excited about some something like a. Uh, you know, Jim Jones and Money or Power or a Red Fox restaurant with currency. I don't know. It was just, um, there was something about it that just uh, really underwhelmed me. Um, but I guess in terms of Dave East's performance, it was cool. It was good. Uh, reasonably consistent. I do think uh, the the subject matter has just basically gone back to um, just, uh, I don't know, more like Griselda vibes. And I'm just like, okay... But you know, you st- like you you're talking about different stuff like in survival. You know what I mean? So I I don't know. I don't know. I guess it's just like uh one the one of the cha- if you're doing a collab album with Harry Fraud, I guess it fits. You know, so 
um, just try and write lyrics that fits the bill, I guess. You know, fit, fit, fit a vibe. That's basically the goal here, and I guess he succeeded. I just expect something different. I don't know. Uh, maybe it's just me. Uh, Friend of 5e Breeze, heavy as the head, wears the crown. I must say, actually, this is probably his uh, best uh, lyrical performance yet uh, from what I've listened to him. Uh, it's just really, really great tracks here. Some really good... Um, there's some really good lyrics that just re- that I was I think I was working at the time while I was listening and some a, com- a couple of the bars just like came at me and I was just like hang about <laughs> rewind that rewind that pop it back a couple of seconds and I was just like ooh that's clean um, yeah so it's it's very compact it's eleven songs thirty four minutes so it's not too long uh, demonstration was great a challenge was really great I, I just like the confidence there new levels new devils was clean. Uh, souvenir I liked as well. Yeah, some just really good stuff on here. So shout out to Breeze on that front. Uh, what's next? Uh, Emma V. What's a diamond to a baby? I love me some Emma V, man. I, I just, I just do. This gives me uh Solange vibes. I really love what she's doing here. The, the energetic, like not slow R and B. You know, what I mean, just, just a little bit of pace to it. You know, what I mean. It's, it's so nice. It's such a nice tempo throughout. Her voice just floats all over it. Her production's great. Uh, Koji Radical on Trick Me uh, is great. Fonte on Be Mine and Setting ZQ on that track as well. Great. Uh, the Homie Alpha Mist on Spirit Traveler. Uh, love his keys as always. And yeah, man, it's just 24 minutes. It's a solid EP. One of my favorites so far. Guarantee that. Definitely on the shortlist. Um, shout out to Emma V. And... Uh, oh, two more. Fredo Independence Day. Yeah. Um, so shout out to Fredo for, you know, being independent now. Um, this is his Independence Day, technically. You know what I mean? Uh, he's, he's off the label. He's now independent. It's Fredo, just Fredo. And uh, we'll probably might be the last time I listen to Fre- Fredo Project. I'm not going to lie to you. Because <laughs> like, I, th- I, th- I feel like with... Uh, uh, what was the, what was the what was the previous one with uh, the Dave uh, executive production? Money can't buy happiness, mm. and you know this uh, th- those two albums are the only uh, Fredo albums I've listened to. Um, so you know I wasn't exactly that high on Fredo anyway. Um, he's just one of those rappers where like his the way he raps and the vocal tone just don't f- sit right with me. There's plenty of those. Ben knows especially one of them, mm. and it's it just fits that again like uh for that, that for me the I will say the bars on here are very good um there were a few that just really made me pause I was just like huh um so yeah there's just, there's a couple of those um but overall it's cool there's some good beats on here not really I don't want to say run of the mill but you know they're kind of they're, they're kind of they're, they're, they're kind of generic just trap beats you know what i mean just something simple um not too flashy it's not exact it's not money but can't buy happiness that's for sure it's not an event record in that f- in that sense um it's very understated in a lot of ways uh but you know i, th- I see it more as a uh, as a symbol as independence and uh, and uh, you know as you guys know we're always here for that so shout out to fred on that front big salutes and i'll see Nas's king disease too um i am surprised how much i enjoyed this Mm. I, I knew I'd, I knew I knew it'd be cool, you know. What I mean, I, I, when it when it initially um, got announced like the week before, and that's something I love about Nas, just the fact that he doesn't fuck about. It's just like this is dropping, boom! It's just it's great. Um, I'm here for that. 
I was just I, I was a bit hesitant at first. I was just like, really, so soon? Because um, usually takes usually takes there's a, there's a gap in between. But he's you know I guess he's found a true um, collaborator in Hit Boy, and that's always good to see. Um, they clearly have good chemistry. Uh, they clearly have the same uh, uh, vision in terms of what they like to do and what they want to do, and it really comes across on this. Like there's just the confidence from both of them on this album is actually stupid. Um, they they just nail it. Honestly, I'm 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 actually dumbfounded at how much I enjoyed this album. It's so easy to listen to. It's so uh, easy to just slap back on. Uh, the features on here are calm. Even the even the track I knew I wouldn't enjoy with YKTV was okay to me. It's not something I'd skip. It's okay. It's not bad. Uh, yeah, it's not bad. I I actually I actually reasonably liked it. Um, I I didn't expect to like it, but it's okay. I like it. Um, even Eminem, as you as you <laughs> succinctly put on the on on our chat before. Um. He even got Eminem to produce a half decent verse, um, so that's so that's always good. Um, and yeah, you know Charlie Wilson on No Phony Love, right right after Nobody with Miss Lauren Hill, he got Lauren Hill to rap, guys. <laughs> oh fuck! <laughs> oh, just just that alone, just that alone, just just that alone deserves oh, like three stars. Just so that alone good. deserves three stars. So it's great. Good. It, it's, oh. She just she nails it. Like she just she just comes through and just just fucking comes at everybody, setting shit straight. I'm back. It's just great. It's it's a Michael Jordan shit, honestly. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, man. Past that, I, I can't I can't hate this album. It's so there's some start to finish. It is solid. Um, as you said, you know, there's a few things here and there that just you know go you know just. But overall, I can't complain. I didn't expect to enjoy it, enjoy it this much, but I do. And honestly, I think it's on the long list for album of the year for me. Um, I don't know how long that long list is, but it's it's there. It's definitely there. Um, th- those 50 minutes just flew by for me. Really flew by. Um, so shout out to Nas on that front. I might get it on vinyl because uh, the, the album cover's great. I love the album artwork itself. Um, I, I, I'm definitely uh, going to have a see if that's on vinyl someday. Um, but yeah, with that said, we shall hop into our fourth edition of contemporary cool uh for those who don't know uh, if you haven't listened to the past three we pick we each pick two uh, two projects um of our choosing that have been dropped since 2010 and uh you know just talk about them and obviously have some sort of angle towards why we're talking about them um i have kind of a a, 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 a an umbrella for both of mine uh, it's kind of a manifesto for some, for something, uh, which you'll gather very quickly, or you probably gathered anyway in the in the description notes and what the projects are. Uh, if you've if you if, well, you probably definitely know one of them. I don't know about the other, but anyway. Uh, but yeah, we have an angle for each, and uh, we shall uh, get into you know uh, each other's uh, each other's picks, and we'll see if we enjoyed them at f- for first thing if it's the first time we've listened to them. Uh, for me, one of them, one of Ben's has uh, been his, uh, definitely been my first, and I have a lot of thoughts. Um, but yeah, I think you started last time, so I'm going to begin with mine. And uh, I'm starting with uh, Tierra Wax Whack World, uh, an EP from uh, 2018. 15 minutes, one minute songs each, very succinct, very uh 
get the job done kind of thing and very experimental in you know every every sense of artistry um i find it interesting when people when artists uh play with time uh we saw dave do it a couple of weeks ago with uh uh we're all loneliness together. I find that title so hard to remember. It's like I know alone and together is in the title, but I forget how to say it. Anyway, but um, yeah, obviously he kind of played with it a little bit with the twenty to one. And if you played it at midnight when it dropped, it would be twenty to one at that point. Um, and there's obviously many, many more, you know, better examples that you can think of uh, as it pertains to artists playing with time. But I kind of find this interesting of how Tierra Whack spent. I mean, technically 14 minutes and 56 seconds, but we'll, we'll just round it up for 15. 15 songs, 15 minutes, and has and basically created her world in a sense. It's very introductory in a lot of ways, and I kind of find that interest. I, I find that side of it interesting because um, for most people, that was probably the first time they ever heard Tierra Whack. I know it was my first time I heard Tierra Whack, um, and obviously you can mention the video, uh, the book. Well, the short video, the short film as well, uh, which uh, since this is a podcast, is pretty pointless to talk about. So I, I won't. If you want to, Ben, go for it. Uh, but I won't for the sake uh, of the fact this is an audio presentation. Um, but yeah, going straight to the music, I find it so interesting of how she managed to pack so much content into songs that are only a minute. And I guess in, I, I guess it's interesting trying to think about how she must have tackled this. Um, I feel like if you ask me to do something of this nature in some in, in a different way, right, um, I would probably... You'd have to take it song by song, right? And then you'd have to think about it in a way of... Uh, because a technique I... A, t- a technique a lot of people, a lot of writers use in my world is uh, or, or a rule anyway that you can you know, kind of, it's easy to think about, right, is obviously for most people that have seen films or, well, seen, yeah, seen films, you know there's something called a three-act structure, right, is act one, act two, act three. Um, if you want to get more specific, there are, technically, you can you can make that a five-act structure, and there's more, <clears throat> there's more you can play, with. there's a lot, of, a lot of ways you can chop and change those, uh, the, the, the act, three-act structure and that particular framework, uh, because, don't get twisted. They all do. They all fit in that framework. So, in some ways, you can think. You can also condense that down and think of it. Uh, think of every scene as a three-act structure, where you know you have you have a, a scene from uh, Power, for example. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> let's say Power, for example, right? So, a classic Power scene in my mind is uh you know many many a time this has happened where uh ghost comes out of the elevator uh someone greets him whether it's Tasha or a Tariq or the who's the who's the daughter I forgot her name Raina 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 um yeah so you know whether it's one of those or whoever Tommy whatever right that's your first act he he walks in this thing happens, right? And then you get to the middle part where they're talking about that thing, they're powwowing, they're, they're trying to get to the end of the conversation, right? And then you get to something in that in that middle part of Act 2 and Act 3 
where you where where someone says something that forces either either ghost in this fashion or or the other person in this in this in this uh, example to switch up and to think differently about something or uh, give them something that they will act on for the remainder of the episode or for the remainder of the season. And then you have the third act where, you know, they basically part ways or just the scene abruptly ends regardless. So take that structure and do it with something like Whack World where you have not a, not a three-act structure because this isn't a story, right? But then again, you could split it up and in, in, in make it into a story, right? There's some personal things here. There's some there's some personal commentary. There's just, um in my mind, just a... <clears throat> I, I kind of get this visual, it's like she picked a word out of a hat and just went, okay, let's uh, <laughs> just do something off that. Um, but, you know, something like fuck mm. off, which is, uh, yeah. which is you know, very uh, overt in what she's talking about on that track. You can kind of take that, what I was talking about, and take it to Whack World, where she is taking, uh, making a concept that could have easily been an hour, right? But she condensed it into hour chunks and in some ways, in a lot of ways, leaving you wanting more. Because she could mention something in one minute and then do a chorus for like 30, uh, do a chorus for those for 30 seconds in that song. So you're only getting 30 seconds of content and then you're just getting a chorus, right? For, for a lot of these. You're going to want more. And I find that very fascinating how she even just uh, thought of doing this uh, and giving people the ultimate taste test of like when you go into a shop and uh, there's a free sample of something and you give a nib- and you have a nibble of it and you're like hmm i might take a box of that and for a lot of people uh they listen to whack world they had a taste and they want a whole box of tierra whack if yep that imagery works <laughs> so yeah there's a lot to that uh but ben what were your thoughts on whack world and uh just how it's uh how how it how it is as a as a as a concept project yeah i mean it's interesting like i'll get into the whole uh short album thing or short project thing at the end when we talk about katori walker just to round it up but like this is an interesting project like i think the visuals are unbelievable at first i was thinking there's there's no way an album this short or project sorry i'm gonna say album i'm gonna piss people off i'm, I'm sorry uh with songs this short I, I didn't think it could be satiating but the videos are so vibrant, they really jump off the screen and they lend a lot of weight to the songs. And I think it's an experience more than just a project uh, and more than just a musical project. You know, I, I do think the visuals come into it a lot for me. Uh, it's kind of like a short film that you might see at a museum was the vibe I get, you know, where kind of mm. 15 minutes is fine at a length where you, you're going in and, and seeing an artistic presentation. Uh, in fact, you know, 15 minutes might feel quite long when you're watching the video and it, it actually does feel a lot different to an album, you know, a lot of a project, a lot different to just a musical project. And I think the, the concept is perfectly executed. The vibe is, is has this kind of like Alice in Wonderland cartoonish kind of side to it because it's very colorful. And she manages to get a lot of content off despite the length too. On Cable Guy, she talks about something very close to my heart, like a friend who secretly wanted more and, and never expressed that. And then that blew their entire friendship up. So I do think despite the real lack of lyrics on here, there is actually a huge lack because there's quite a lot of hooks on this record, on this project. And so that doesn't leave a lot of room for verses. 
I do still think it's too short. Uh, these vignettes or, or snapshots or short poems, I think they can all exist safely at this length, but maybe it's because I'm more programmed to expect longer from a song. Uh, I do leave feeling a little bit disappointed. And I think this is because, different to what Katori Walker did, I think Tierra sounds like she didn't just build a song from scratch and then stop at one minute. It's more like she created a full-length narrative and then split it up into one minute sketches you know like but but the mm. the narrative wasn't fully finished like not it's not even that actually it's more like that each thought that she comes up with as you say it's it, it sounds similar to those uh those old freestyle things where they'd be like throw us a word and we'll freestyle about it for a minute and then another minute and then another minute that's exactly what it feels like but whenever that happens the joy is in the bouncing around and the spontaneity of it right but when you're listening to a project you're not expecting spontaneity and if you are then you're expecting a lot of it over a long period of time like a jpeg mafia album where you know there's 92 different instrumentals across 17 tracks but it still goes for an hour this one just felt like there were really good ideas, but they weren't fully realized. And it was exactly as you say. It was like a, it's like when you go into Baskin Robbins and they say that you can have like that little tiny spoon, you know, that tiny little spoon. <laughs> They're like, Useless. you can have you can have six of these tiny little spoons and you're like, oh, I really like this one and this one and this one. And they're like, okay, well now where's your $9 for the, for the yeah. scoop? And you're like, oh, <laughs> shit. So that's, that's yeah. how I felt about it, man. Like I love Tierra Whack and I always have, but yeah, it just felt like, I've always felt this way about Whack World. I've always felt this way. Uh, it just it wasn't enough for me. So I think I think we have a a difference in how we because uh, it really can go either way with it. it. You can either see it as too short or see it as yes, it's too short, but that's kind of the uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, that's kind of. Um, but you, you can you can see it more positively, and uh, you know, saying it's like, oh, oh, oh now I've now I've gone to taste. I want more, mm. and I look forward to more. And I know you're kind of in like a same the the same kind of party where like you know you obviously it's not a matter of like, uh, uh, well, <laughs> we we hardly pay we hardly pay for music these days uh, as as opposed to a Baskin Robbins. Uh, or Baskin Robbins. Is it Baskin or Baskin? How would I say it? I don't know. I say Baskin Robbins. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's. I'm not paying nine. You're not paying nine dollars, right? Um, that's that's kind of interesting to think about. Well, if you actually, you know what? Let me let me Google that right quick. I, I just had a brainwave. I was just like, how much would? <laughs> do you think she'd have this on vinyl? Uh, if so, how well, much? The, you know what I mean? Just, the thing is, the thing is about this. Like, if yeah, it talk were, quite, talk quite. Look it up. <laughs> if it were a sampler. There's no other project. Oh, she we don't have another project from Tierra Whack. We have Whack World. You know, like 2018, May 30, there's nothing else. So that's difficult. Like, you know, if it was a precursor to a record, like a full-length record, sure, precursor to a mixtape, uh, you know, it was part of a, a bunch of EPs that were dropping around the same time, sure. But, like, this is all we have from Tierra Whack in terms of a full-length, and it's not full-length. So, like, I think that's correct anyway. I certainly don't. I don't know. Is there something else? It doesn't doesn't list anything else. But like, I didn't. That's that was my problem. It's like, oh, this is really cool. But then, okay, what comes after that? You know, it's just singles, and that's it. Yeah, I feel that. Um, 
Whack World, 15 minutes. That's all we got from Tierra Whack in three years, like four years. 2017, she dropped. Look, man, I, I yeah. love Tierra Whack. Don't get me wrong. And when she comes on and, and drops a feature, she's a cleanup hitter. She annihilates them. You know, TD yeah. with uh, Little Yachty, Rocky, Tyler was amazing. Uh, I think her singles are amazing too, but like I, I'm hoping for a project after I listen to a 15-minute sample that good. You know, that good. That's yeah, the other yeah, side yeah. of it. It's good. It's not like it's... Yeah. It's not like it's bad. Uh, it's good. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just a bit... It doesn't leave me satiated, to be honest. Fair enough. Well, say, say, save that for the <laughs> retrospective down the line. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, we, we can finish there. Uh, uh, I said my thoughts. But, yeah, we can uh, move on to your first pick for Contemporary Cool. Volleyball. Okay. Uh, Angel Hayes. So, Angel Hayes, 30 Gold. So, Angel Hayes is one of the most interesting people in hip-hop history to me because in 2012, she conducted an interview in which she revealed five years prior she had escaped a cult where music was banned. And she spoke in-depth uh, on cleaning out my closet about it and, and the harrowing experience she'd, she'd had uh, being sexually assaulted from the ages of 7 to 10. And she said this in an interview with The Guardian. There are people who go through this shit every day and people turn a blind eye. They're too scared to say what happened to them to make people feel uncomfortable. Now, there are a few more tortured and essential stories in hip-hop, but it hasn't really even been told. So what happened to her debut album? And it dropped and she kind of fell out of the conversation. When I was like listening to Angel Hayes in the early 2010s, uh, New York was obviously massive and then Echelon came out and everyone was thinking this is going to be the next huge artist. We were all thinking this is epic, you know, Nicki Minaj level kind of thing that was going to be huge. And, you know, when Hayes lifted herself out of the horror of the cult that she was entrapped in, she began to see music as a possibility, turning the poetry she'd been writing since age 14 into actual songs. She was approached by uh, Leroy Benross by email and he became her manager and he helped her hone the poems she was writing into actual songs. Then we got Reservation, which is a brilliant mixtape that dropped in 2012 and really launched her into the mainstream because the song New York went viral. Uh, obviously, samples Gil Scott Heron and Universal picked her up. And, you know, <laughs> it's hard to, you know, look. So Angel Hayes was not impressed with her label. When she disagreed with the release schedule for Dirty Gold, she leaked some of the songs herself online and she forced the label to push the release date to the week after Christmas, right? So let me just read a couple of things that she said uh, about this when she was on Twitter uh, releasing this. Uh, she says, sorry to Republic Records, but fuck you. I got here doing this for my fans, and if you guys don't feel the same, it won't stop me. I don't care what happens after this. The fans will get the music they were promised, and you guys, aka the label, may just learn to keep your fucking word. Right, and then she just kept going. She kept going, man. She really went in on him in this thing, and the result was a monumental commercial mistake. Monumental commercial mistake in terms, if you're looking at it from a mainstream record label thing, which is exactly what the album is when you listen to it. It's a mainstream record label creation. When just a month prior to that, right, just a month prior to that rant, she said, "I am in Stoked City." when she was asked how excited she was for the album to come out. And she said, This morning I woke up and got a link to the final masters and I freaked out. I'm so excited because it's actually happening and that's surreal for me. Fuck, I don't even feel it completely until the day the album comes out and I just die. It'll be an overload of emotions. So, look man, before this week, 
before I, I dug into this story, I felt like Angel Hayes' story was one of label mismanagement. And whilst I still do believe that, it's entirely clear that she chose her own path. My understanding was that uh, the label completely fucked this up. And I think they did to a certain extent, but I think that she blew her own spot up. And I fully respect her decision to turn her back on the label system. You know, listen to the way that she she described her debut album after the fact. Uh, the Evening Standard, she, she was doing an interview with them. And she was talking about Echelon, but she extends it to the whole aesthetic of the album. She says, I hate Echelon. Mainstream popped polished plastic stuff. She also said that she hates angels and airwaves and called it very preachy. So it's very hard to sum this record up holding the knowledge that Angel Hayes dislikes it because she was very young whilst recording. I think she was only around 20 years old. And the sound of the record is ultra contemporary. You know, it's, a, it's another victim of the, the hip house EDM electro clash of the early 2010s, except this dropped December 2013. It was too late for that wave. And that opening song so mimics that EDM trend, starting with a breakdown and a super fast BD, BPM before absolutely exploding into the stratosphere on the hook. And there's no let up, you know, there's no let up to this whole project. I don't know if anyone watched uh, Six Underground with Ryan Reynolds. Came out in 2019, flopped basically uh, on Netflix and it got terrible reviews. But the big moment of that movie, when they're sparking this revolution, they play a song called White Flag by Bishop Briggs. And I actually had to double check the credits to make sure it wasn't A Tribe Called Red by Angel Hayes. Like it's basically the same song, this massive epic hook. Like Battle Cry with Sia is, that's the least surprising song I've ever heard in my life because Sia fits so perfectly on this record, these huge stratospheric hooks. I don't particularly have a problem with the sound of the, the record. I think it's, it's done better than most of the albums around this time, but it does Angel Hayes a huge disservice, man. Like on uh, Tribe Called Red, she raps, Brack in the booth, let the tragedy in. And then she says, witnessing pieces that pass through my soul, nothing can irritate masses like literally showing showing them stagnus can turn into growth. And it's like those kind of statements would sound sluggish on production if if on production like this if there was no authenticity but Angel Hayes proved with her mixtape run that she doesn't pull any punches at all she does not pull any punches this is like the lyrical content on here is is totally immense um you know even even on uh, Angels and Airwaves she says if you're contemplating suicide this is for you and that could go real left that could be like another logic 1800 type situation but not with Angel Hayes. She's she's way too entrenched in the depth of human emotion to allow that. And I feel her frustration on this record because I assume she was like sold a vision of these soaring choruses and soaring chart positions of, of reaching the most people possible through a, a couple of small compromises. That's the thing. She's clearly compromised on this record and she was clearly sold a vision, I think anyway. But it was already lost before the record even dropped because you know any, any intent to chart press like to chart and and to get some uh some press on it was washed away when she tweeted out that link and you know i think she made the right call when she did that and yeah man it's interesting it's it's a really interesting she said she said in 2015 it's something i learned from i was experimenting and i didn't get the chance to do that with my first record this is about her 2015 album back to the woods some of the songs i freestyled completely i didn't have any lyric sheets i just stood at the mic and it all came at me so, man, this this album, it's like Angel Hayes was kind of positioning herself. Uh, I don't know, it's weird. A the Alex uh, Petridis said of this album, Hayes is positioning herself as a top 40 infiltrator 
which is fine, but she's also diluted her uniqueness. And that's exactly what this was, man. And that's why I chose this record. Because it was so disappointing when it came out. If I can tell you, like, we were all so excited for this record. We were so excited after Reservation, after Echelon was so much fun. New York, we, we thought this was just going to be like a, an epic piece of music. And it just came out sounding like everything else that was coming out at the time. And it was so disappointing. And I was always like, I always wanted to dive into that story and see what the hell happened. And... Uh, that's what I think happened. I think that the label said to her, if you make a couple of small compromises, your message is going to be, you know, it's going to be propelled to the masses. You know, all these people that you can help if you just make a couple of small sonic compromises. And they were too much. They were too much for her. And she couldn't do it. And it's fascinating. That's so fascinating. Think of all the artists who have been sold that vision and played along or didn't play along or like what their reaction was. And I fully respect her reaction. Truly, I really respect her reaction. Yeah. Uh, this album kind of... Uh, it's, it's, it's so half and half for me. Um, because I... I, I, I <laughs> the first few... The first like half of the album, uh, I didn't really enjoy the production. And initially, what my initial thoughts while listening to it halfway, uh, halfway through that point, was just like, I'm gonna give Ben a list of stuff that reminds me of this, and tell you the years of those things, and it's gonna be like this is this is the Warren G complex where it's good, but it's late, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I I literally I was literally thinking that I was like uh, I, there was. I forgot. I might have been a tribe called Red. I forget uh, what particular track it was, um, but like one of them had like synths that remind me of a uh, uh, Little Boots's uh, uh, Remedy, <laughs> like a, it's like a pop hit from like 2008 uh, that <laughs> really came at me. Then I got like uh, then I got N Dubs. Um, the entire career of N Dubs, it just she, like her first, uh, her, f- her first couple of songs definitely reminded me of N Dubs. It was just like really uh, popular rap, but wrapped in this like synth laden, hard hitting beats kind of thing. Um, and yeah, it was just it was just so it was just a bit jarring for me. Um, but funny enough, like the 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 lyrical ability is definitely there. Um, even with something like Angels and Airwaves, just really like it was just okay. Um, like if if the production was different, I think it would hit so much harder. Um, to, like even the first verse, bruv, Look, like, if you're contemplating suicide, this is for you. See, this is for the moments when you're alone with emotions. So fucking bold leaves you mentally frozen. When you're cold and alone, heart open and broken. When that love's out of sight and your heart's in the focus. When you're floating in oceans, hopeless, sinking, hopeless, soaking in misery. Headphones on, you link yourself with the synergy. When you watch your mind and you're lost in the song, be strong. You're not alone. I just want you. Oh, I just want you to know you're not. You are not alone. First, 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 bruv. But it comes. But it comes packaged in this like beat that just mm. doesn't fit for me, That's and it just really it yeah. blunted it for me. Um, it wasn't until I looked up the lyrics, I was just like, bro, this could have hit so much harder because exactly. like it's one of those things where like you read it and you're like, fuck, this is deep. 
Listen to um, this, man. This is for the moments when your weakness is your cloak and people you love most just beat you to a pulp. When you cut open your wrist looking for love in the slits but find nothing no, but self-hate because nothing exists. And you know what? Bro. Like, I can fully fucking endorse this as someone who's been around suicide my whole life and seen people and called the police on people. And this is authentic. Like, this is real shit. Like, there's, there's nothing, you know... Yeah. <laughs> Brutal, yeah. hard, horrific, traumatic emotion, and it's it's mm-hmm. real, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Exactly. Um. And on the other side of it, uh, I forgot when I forgot what point it gets to. I think maybe like probably after ages and was actually probably up to April four. I I feel like it, it it got better as I listened to it. Um. You know, Battle Cry with C with Sia was uh, I didn't even clock it was Sia first. I was just like. Uh, and I looked at my phone. I was like, "Oh, Ross, see ya. Um So you know that was good. That was a good track. I like it. I like, mo- but that that I guess my last point. But anyway, um, I think Battle Cry charted over here. Um, I don't remember it, uh, but it, but apparently, uh, oh, there we go. Service to the urban radio. <laughs> it gets every radio. Of course, it fucking did. Yeah, where else would it be? Um, yeah. So and and apparently the whole album charted on the Heat Seekers albums, which um. I don't really know, uh, you know, how. I, I never understand like charts like that. I don't know how, what the what the case is for that kind of I thing. I don't get but the anyway. criteria for those things at all. Yeah, the criteria. Yeah, it so went one ninety six on the UK chart, but New York actually yeah. went fifty eight, and Battle Cry went seventy. So, you know, nice. it's, yeah, it's, exactly. You know. So you know, there was something there, um, but. While I was listening, while I was listening to it, uh, 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 just from the from the end, uh, for the last few tracks, um, I'll go to I'll go to Planes Fly. I think that's one I enjoy, enjoyed. Um, it kind it got better for me to the point where it sat in the same vein of something like Discovery or XV Zero Heroes, where there are songs on on those albums where they're very very just of the time right <laughs> uh, but because i because i have nostalgia bias with those out with those albums and mi- mixtape technically it's fine for me right i'm cool with it i can listen to best day of our lives with xv which is just super super just not bubblegum but just very um very i don't know preachy i don't know what the word is but yeah it's, it's very just yeah um but I listen to it and I enjoy it because I used to listen to it as a kid. Like, bro, if you, if I'm 25 years old, if I listened to this when I was 14, 15, I'm not going to relate to the suicidal uh, tendencies on the lyrics of Angels and uh, Airwaves, right? Or anything else, uh, or mo- most of other things she talks about in this, uh, in this album. But it's the way, but the best thing about this is just her in general. Like she has, the, she comes from she. To me, she comes from like her 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 delivery comes in the sense of uh, it, she's like a branch in the tree of MC Light, where she has that you know low diaphragm like whoa, just just coming with it. You know, Sarok does the same thing, um, and but the difference between those two and Angel Hayes is that also she has good vocals as well, and the singing is actually really good. Mm-hmm. I just really enjoyed her particular performance throughout this album. Um, the production, I just think, really let a lot of it down. I feel like if you re-recorded this in like uh, in, now, 
and she had that uh, freedom that she clearly has now as I just look at Instagram right quick it looks very freeing um I feel like if she had the exact same lyrics but just not the production of the time where it was clearly just like this is the production of the time just go with it I feel like it just could have been hit so much harder and it does hit hard regardless right because there's this this, you know you're still listening to it and there's still some I still get that empathy coming through for me um even though I can't relate it's empathy not sympathy but yeah, man, it's it's kind. Of, I'm I mean, I'm I'm glad you picked this album because it's it is a really fascinating album. Um, it's it's fascinating how just uh how it's built. Uh, I I I don't enjoy it, but I do enjoy it at the same time. Uh, it reminds me of stuff I used to listen to. Um, but because it's not because it wasn't ten years ago for me, I I I, I but I I do understand like from my taste back then I would have probably enjoyed this in, a, in in some way uh but yeah it just um it just at this point comes off as a bit of a production relic but if you just read the lyrics alone I think I feel like there's just something there that you can really chew on and uh and just find some something missed in terms of just like what she could have been like as a, as an artist I feel like there's a lot there and this is saying and, and we're saying this even though she has another album right and you know she's you know I think she I think she dropped this year actually in terms of a single if I she remember dropped correct a song, yeah she dropped a song yeah, yeah so you know she's you know she's still she she could probably still go if she wanted to but uh, mm-hmm. you know for whatever reason she hasn't um but yeah man I feel like there's a, there's a lot here that could be that you could have you could listen to it and you're just like some good stuff here you know what i mean there's some there's some potential but uh yeah just uh never came out um in, for for one reason or another but uh yeah it's a real 50 50 album in a, in a completely lot of ways very fascinating yeah that's what interested me i think uh just just to close that's exactly what it was for me you know it was angel hayes was amazing on this record and production didn't match i don't think the production matched i think they tried something the the you know producers and the label and everything and it just didn't it didn't work it didn't hit because it wasn't it's weird when you've got someone so authentic and so real and so like you know as she said with cleaning out my closet she raps about things that make people and sings about things that make people uncomfortable because they don't want to talk about it so you've got that next to like really contemporary stuff so you you're being pulled in two different directions because when you turn on the radio and listen to these kind of sounds, you're not on the radio to be thinking about, you know, suicide and sexual assault and things like that. If you're going to listen to that kind of music, you go to it yourself. You know, they, these aren't songs that are regular on the radio. So you're getting pulled in two different directions. And I think that that was the issue. And I think, I mean, what can we say? Angel Hayes was amazing on this project. And yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting project. I was always just, I just wanted to find out the story. I was just so curious because I hadn't even thought of Angel Hayes in a couple of years. And I was like, wow, we were so excited for that record and it came and went. I wonder what happened. And at least now I know. I'm glad I know now. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, let's so move on to my second pick. And, uh, well, you already ruined it, but it's uh, Katori Walker's uh, <laughs> One Minute of Your Time. Um, so... Again, this is a uh, EP, uh, uh, very short. This one's only five minutes, uh, uh, but all songs are, again, uh, one minute long. 
Um, and you you kind of briefly mentioned, uh, you know, the thing that kind of comes across differently. And this is kind of the point I wanted to make where you have two projects of the, of, of a similar ilk uh, where, you know, all the songs are one minute, but they're done so, so differently. You know, uh, I didn't mention, but, you know, Wack comes in with, you know, uh, differences in uh, production. There's a bit of hip hop. There's a bit. There's a bit of trap. There's a bit of a R and B. You know, sprinkled in. You know, it's very. Uh, it's very wide ranging on that front. Uh, but Katori Walker comes in, and uh, you know, I've been interested in this guy for like three or so years. I met. I, I saw a video called Ormoni. Ormoni. I forgot. I don't know how to say it. Um, Americans might say Ormoni. Um, but it was basically him for like a minute and a half. Uh, just like and it kind of zooms out. I remember it so vividly because it was such a powerful video. But like, uh, you know, he has blood running down on his shirt and down his ma- running down his mouth, and his he you see his head's on the floor and it zooms out and he's just been shot uh, by police. If I'm uh, if I'm correct, um, uh, if I remember correctly. But yeah, just something it's, that re- immediately got me hooked on uh, who he was. And he, he since then he's produced like really fascinating projects. You know, I've talked about a lot of them on here. Uh, during my weekly roundups, every time he drops, his appointment listening for me personally. Um, but this one, this EP, just hit so so different for me. I I couldn't stop thinking about it for like three months, um, and then when I went to uh, and then I started thinking about it for another three months when I was uh, talk when I was thinking about uh, what to put for my EP list that year, and obviously that made it uh, by a freaking mile. It was like one of the first ones I picked, um, but when you and again there are video there are there's a video uh, accompaniment if you want to peep that um he's put it as uh, uh, all five in one video so it's just type up one minute of your time uh, Tori Walker you'll find it um but with this one it, it, it links more to the I wish I explained the three act bit <laughs> um uh, with this one uh, it probably fits better um but he splits it up in literally. He literally names the tracks: Act One, Two, Three, Four, and Five. Act Two, Act Three, right? Um, and every every single song comes off in a different uh, from a different perspective. Um, and <laughs> the way he the way he does it uh, just blows my mind. Uh, just 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 going just going through it. So um I think I don't know if you have a personal favourite uh uh Ben but I think I think mine is definitely um I think it's Act Three if I remember correctly. Yeah Act Three um with the uh, the mother um talking to uh her son and he's in prison and the just the just the in that one minute in that one minute just the conversations going on there the commentary is just absolutely outstanding to me. Um, so if uh, if you heard of have you heard upon genius, um, uh, it, it basically uh, has in brackets, um, and obviously it says in the video as well. Um, so Act One is Ormoni Part Two, uh, Words of the Dead. Uh, Act Two is Hood Shit, Words of the Ignorant. Uh, Act Three is Commissary, uh, Words of the Single Mother, which is my favourite. Uh, act four is forgiveness, words of a sinner, and act five is a minute of your time, words of the wise, and the way they just bleed into each other just fascinates me so much. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read a bit of a, uh, well, I'm gonna read, I, I must read the whole of this the act three because obviously it's very short. Um, she said, "Nigga, this is the last time I'm coming to this county jail. Nigga, this is the last time I care about how you fucking feel. 
Nigga, this is the last time I put money or commiss- on your commissary. Left me with a child all alone. Uh, too much to fucking carry. We all make mistakes. My mistake was believing in you. A man that's ready for a change. I thought I seen it in you. Thought you would be different. You the same as the other nigg- these other niggas. Uh, really had your child. I'm ashamed that I love uh, that I love you, nigga. Uh, really leave me here by uh, by my motherfucking self, nigga. This your kid, so I need your motherfucking help. But you thought you was a gangster, ride around the streets, but motherfucking gangsters take care of family. So niggas, this is the last time. Yet this yet this is the last time. Uh, fuck your visitation. Ain't no more child and dad time. Don't even try to write me. Don't you dare hit my phone. Yeah, nigga, fuck you. I'll raise this kid on my own. That's in one minute. The amount of commentary right there is just absolutely outstanding to me. You have like you have you have a you have commentary that that can be that for some people takes I don't know two uh, like a whole song like four minutes five minutes and he does it all in one. It blows my freaking mind, bro. Uh, I love this EP so freaking much. Uh, just, just of how it's done, how it's structured, um, the concept of it. It just, uh, the, and and the and the re- and the variety of the subjects as well. Uh, death, ignorance, uh, relationships, sinning, um, knowledge. It's just, it it just, uh, it just really hits different for me, um, and uh, it's just, it's just amazing. Yeah, I think this this album works really beautifully because these are self-contained stories. Uh, you know, rather than cut up a full-length kind of project into one-minute suites, I think like it feels like he really sat down and worked incredibly hard to distill these stories down to one minute. You know, this is these are the absolute essential bars. I find th- this to be more interest, like not more interesting, but. A, a different in that sense to to whack world where as you say it's almost like someone was just shouting out words and Tierra whack was creating short stories based around those words whereas this feels like a full like he's come up with a whole concept and a huge story and he's like okay what are the most essential parts of this story and he's just distilled it right down to that you know i think he he captures the emotion so quickly and drags you into that emotion uh, writing each one-minute song from the perspective of someone else is really hard to do concisely. I think there's a tendency when we're trying to convince either ourselves or someone else that we understand someone else's story or perspective to really overexert, you know, to talk too much or to keep talking or to talk around things or to bring as much evidence as possible. But he just gets to the point immediately, you know, really immediately. And I think, you know, in the final act, he says... um, Real people wanting that real shit, shit that you feel, shit that you deal with, shit that you build with, shit that you heal with. This is that. This is for love. This is for depression. This is for hate. This is for progression. This is for lies. This is for truth. This is for you. This is for youth. Like this is a, you know, it's a great close. And I I, I do think it's, it's amazing. You know, I don't think it needs to be any longer. Uh, I think it's, it's an incredible exercise in this. Um, yeah, it's, it's fascinating, man. It's really fascinating. I, I thought it was a brilliant project. Uh, I think it's 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 pretty flawless. Like, uh, it's very hard, I think, to dis... You know, especially in hip-hop. Like, hip-hop is a genre with... And, and the, the, like, the genre with the most words. It's the most... You're going to be able to say the most mm-hmm. in a three-minute song. I've always yep. maintained that over the years when people have asked me, like, what's the appeal of hip-hop? 
And I said, because you're going to get so much more from hip hop. If you're looking for a story, you're looking for emotion, you're looking for intricate details, you're looking to, to learn something new, all these things, you're always going to get more of it from hip hop than any other genre because there's just so much more content. But to then scale that all the way back and like look at like, okay, what's the most essential thing I can put in this song? And then the next part, like it's crafted, you know, it's crafted. And I, f- I fucking love it, man. This is a great... It's amazing. Five minutes. It's amazing that it's only five minutes. So, what's your favorite uh, act out of the five? Uh, act five, I think. Act five, I think, cleans yeah. it up really well. Um, I mean, they're all great. Like, I really and the, the videos are amazing too. And I really think it's not easy to do what he did, as I say, like to 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 inhabit these other and create these stories that are maybe probably separate from him. You know, that was the I guess the whole point, like to be a sinner and and it's just. I think Act Five, to be honest, is my favorite. Yeah, I think it's a good. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a great uh, tie up to. Uh, I think uh, just overall conversation on you know what rap is and what it's become or whatever. Like, you know, it, it, obviously a lot of people can uh, see it and just go like, oh, he's he's hating, he's hating. But like, you know, I think like you said, like like you said, like the the this is part of it, and and the last few lines is just a, uh, you know, just ties it up so nicely. All right, we can uh, move straight on to your final, uh, if you want. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I did, uh, you know, Jadakiss, top five DOA. <laughs> actually, I'm pretty sure I, I chose this before the verses. Um, I'm not sure if I did or not, but uh, Jadakiss, man. This is this was only Jadakiss's fourth studio album, 2015. So I have a theory here. I want a positive theory. So Styles P dropped his first record in 2002, A Gangster and a Gentleman, on Interscope and Rough Riders, right? It went number six on the Billboard 200 and it's certified gold. Number six, remember. Now Jada Kiss dropped his debut solo album in 2001, which was a year prior. Kiss the Gang Goodbye, same labels, went number five, one position higher, you know, basically the same. Jada Kiss's first album was produced by Ice Pick, Alchemist, Premiere, Wayno, DJ Shock, Rated R, Jadakiss himself, and there are a couple of tracks from major pop uh, pop rap. I don't say that in a disrespectful way. I mean more the, the mainstream rap is, is a better way to say it. Like Timbaland, Swizz Beats, and Just Blaze, right? Now, SP's debut had Swizz Beats on three tracks, Rock Wilder one, and then the rest are a similar kind of sound to Jadakiss's debut, right? Okay, so that's the set. Both both at equal points at that, that point in their solo career. Now, SP drops Time is Money in 2006, number 79 on the Billboard 200. One song from Scott Storch, one song from Little John, the rest are not mainstream producers. Jada Kiss's second album is Kiss of Death. Jelly Roll, Scott Storch, Neptune, Swizz Beats, Kanye West, Eminem goes number one. And that's exactly why a top five DOA exists. It's exactly why Jada Kiss continued to try to keep one foot on the charts and one foot in the top 10 conversation for well over a decade. Time is Money is the reason why we've gotten 35 Styles P projects since 2004 without any care for charts. In the same amount of time, yeah, in the same amount of time, we've got 11 Jadakiss projects. Look at the difference, man. That's three times more Styles P projects we've gotten uh, since 2004 compared to Jadakiss. So I personally believe Top 5 DOA was Jadakiss's Last attempt to keep that Nas and Jay-Z thing going, maintaining a position in both the charts and on the list of best MCs of all times. And once upon a time, these two could even be classed as somewhat synonymous. Snoop Dogg, Tupac, Eminem, Biggie, Busta Rhymes, Wu-Tang, Outkast, 
the best MCs were charting top 10 as standard, all right? Ghostface has four top 10 solo albums. Mob Deep has four top six projects. It's different now. I know it's different now. I know that nowadays when JD Kiss comes out, when Styles P comes out, when these these heavy hitters, these heavy lyrical hitters come out, they're doing like number 50, number 80, you know? I know that Baldy James is not charting. I'm fully aware of the fact of that, you know? Benny and, and Griselda are charting in the 20s. You know, Freddie Gibbs going 15 was massive. If this was the 90s, Freddie Gibbs would be number one. I'm just putting that out there. I'm just saying I truly believe that. So things changed in the 2000s. Lupe Fiasco managed to bridge the gap, but it started dipping dramatically around 2010. Um, Jadakiss held on to that 90s period all the way into 2015, and we get a quite a weird album, but it's a brilliant album, and I adore it. But I grew up on Kiss of Death. Like, I genuinely, it was one of the first albums I listened to over and over again. Now, Jadakiss said of this album, I'm trying to give my fans that I already got what they want and give the new fans a little bit of what's going on today. That's why I got that future record, just good music you can enjoy as opposed to a bunch of clownism. It's interesting. He also said, it's a beautiful thing when the young guys grew up off you or they embrace you and respect your craft. So we just saw Jadakiss eviscerate Dipset on Versus. At, like, it was, J- it was the Jadakiss show, Miami. man. The Jadakiss show, man. Like, I'm just texting Charlie, like, bro, <laughs> what is this? It was. He lives in Miami. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh my gosh, man. People were saying that Cameron was being booed at one point. How do you get Cameron to get booed in New York? Like, but but J- but people were realizing how insane Jadakiss is as an MC. His breath control. He knew every fucking word, not just of his own verse, but of everyone else's verse on that stage. His his aggression, his passion. He's forty six years old, man. No one could ever doubt his commitment. And so when I hear this record, top five DOE, the only word I can think of is love. Future is on here to show love to a legend. Lil Wayne is on here to show love to a legend. And Lil Wayne's a legend too, who who came up at the exact same time as Jadakiss. But Lil Wayne was like, a, t- a decade later was when he achieved his peak than, than Jadakiss. You know, Nip- the Nipsey Hussle collab is beautiful. Wiz Khalifa showing love to a legend. Jeezy and Jadakiss together is incredible. And I think sometimes Jadakiss can be criticized for dumbing his lyrics down when he's presented with a mainstream beat. I actually disagree. I think that Jadakiss is one of the most versatile and adept MCs we've ever seen. He sounds entirely at home on every single thing on this project. You Can See with Future sounds amazing. Introspective and emotive on Rain with Nas. He's he's comfortable in a trap cadence on Cutlass. He's energetic and explosive on Realist in the Game with Sheik and and Young Buck. He's dexterous on, on Sinji. He's fun and laid back on So High. He's menacing on Jason. What? what what more can this man do honestly like seriously man and i'm so glad that this is actually coming after the verses because there's absolutely no like you if you've seen the verses you all know exactly what i'm talking about it's amazing this is a triumph for this album this is a victory lap and i think that's proven by what happened on ignatius where Ignatius is Jadik is going in a different direction now. You know, he's looking at a, a more mature direction or whatever, however you want to call it. It's a transition from Top 5 DOA, which is aligned with his previous three uh, solo albums. And I think Top 5 DOA is Jadik is making his final rounds, picking up his flowers from every single sound he can cram into on the album. I don't have enough time to highlight how everything is amazing on here. Like his opening to the second verse of You Don't Eat is just filled with knowledge and lessons and intensity. 
one more mile to go, he perfectly harnesses the feeling of loss and hopelessness or the lack of control and desperation that comes with thinking that you've lost or you're lost um, and to, to, to like dig deep and find that strength and that power to just pick back up and, and keep pushing. Now, I don't think people got this record when it dropped. I honestly didn't. I saw Jadakiss on the interview circuit. You know, when he had that bust, he was bringing the bust around to a like breakfast club and Hot 97. And, uh, you know, he was explaining that the record wasn't necessarily about him being top five dead or alive, but more about the conversation, re-sparking that conversation because it's been lost. It has been lost in the last decade. It really has. The same names get trotted out in every conversation. It's lost the dynamic angle it had 15 years ago. And, you know, rather than keep hammering home that he is top five, he just floats on every single thing on this record. You know, you would expect someone who's who's naming an album top five DOA to just be braggadocious on the whole thing, to re- constantly remind you that he thinks he's top five. But he doesn't do that. He doesn't do, and that's what I learned again about Jada Kiss on uh, on the verses. You watch that verses, right? He is. How frustrating it must it have been for Jada Kiss for the last decade to not be in the conversation, knowing that he was capable of that knowing that's who he was, knowing that's the skill level he had. And you see, as soon as people are actually exposed to it, they immediately give him his flowers and give him his props and uplift him. He knew the whole time, this is how great he is. And he just had to sit and wait. And even on top five DOA, I don't think he push shoves it down our throats. I think he just floats on everything on here. And yeah, man, there's there's no lyrical missteps. Um I don't think Locks ever makes lyrical missteps. I really don't, you know. I think I always say the mark of a brilliant rap album is not a solitary wasted bar. I think it's impossible to have that quality on every single album you drop. I do think Jadakiss might waste a couple of bars here, but I don't think they're bad or they're cringe or they're unfocused and they never detract from the record. I don't think it's a classic album, you know. Jadakiss may not have a classic in his discography, you know, according to people's opinions. I, I do. I think Kiss of Death is. Um... But man, this album is just, it's a really special record. It's a really special record. And I, I don't think it got the credit it deserved at the time. And um, I think Jadakiss is getting those flowers now, but I really think it could have come on this record. I really think people could have uh, had that conversation back then. Well, thanks, Ben, for uh, taking all my time. Um, I'll just be quick with it. Uh, so, <laughs> so fun fact about the bust, uh, uh, Jalen Rose has it, uh, basketball player Jalen Jacoby, shout out. Uh, they have the bust. And I actually remember him giving uh, giving them the bust. Uh, I, I, I've been listening to podcasts for years. So I remember uh, him going round in that uh, that press tour that you were talking about. And uh, yeah, he gave them the bust, and they have the bust uh, chilling in their studio. So shout out to them. Um, but yeah, the I mean the bust is lit by the way, just as a bust. It's mm. really cool. I actually like that. It's very NFL. Um, so funny and it's actually kind of funny. Um, you say all that, and uh, the thing I came out of this with, and this is this is saying this is come from someone. Who, I think this is actually like the first Jadakiss album I listened to right. at, the, at the time. Uh, yeah, I think this is the first one. Like I, I, because I, 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 I knew I knew of Jadakiss. I heard a few songs, right? You know, you know the ones that we've heard, um, but I never bothered to look him up. Um, yeah, this is 2015. I was in uni at this point. So, yeah. Um, I personally could talk about really the game for, like, 20 minutes and just how 
fucking sick that uh especially that beat shout out to architect beats man they they just fucking knocked out of the fucking park um and just the whole just the whole evil nature of that song it just sounds so fucking evil like just such a super villain track to me um but there's the whole album and uh, that's what i thought i was talking about as well um you say all that about the lyrical mis no lyrical missteps and while i agree with you it's kind of funny that you pick uh, two albums that I personally feel like uh, that would have, if the production was better, um, it would have done better. It would have done better in in their respective uh, arenas. Uh, I feel like listening to some of this uh, just uh, and you mentioned obviously the way he tries has tried to be in the Jay Nas lane of having like you know uh, just not wall to wall. You know, just like dinge and grimy, like not nothing, not 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 like Griselda kind of thing, where like it's just kind of being wall to wall coke rap, like wall to wall drug rap, wall to wall gang life, wall to wall this, wall to wall that. Is uh, he tries to um, uh, diversify his portfolio, as, a, <laughs> as some people like to say, um, and. Again, while there's uh, no lyrical missteps on his part, I feel like some listening to some of these uh, uh, listening to some of these beats over it just comes off as a little too. Um, just I don't know. Just what's the Little Wayne song? It's the worst beat I've heard in in a decade. Kill. Oh dear, yeah. that beat is poor. Yeah, shout out to Bangladesh on that beat. Was it? Oh gosh, Bangladesh. <laughs> Um, and even, and, and it's funny cause like, even with something like, uh, you can see, right, bro, I heard that, I, I, I totally forgot about this track, but the one, what, what, one, 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 two, 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 bro, I got bare Nicki Minaj vibes off that one. Bang, which, my shit, which bang, 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 my shit, bang, one, what, what, one, what, what, one, like, it's the same thing, bro, it really jarred me while I was this, I was like, what the fuck, why is he Wait, buying which, Nicki Minaj? Which song? <laughs> That's on you can see. You know, he goes like one, one, two, t- t- three, th- th- three. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, top five. Oh, yeah, know niggas, no, he don't play. Like, that, that gave me bare Nicki Minaj vibes when she did that uh, bang, my shit, bang, my shit, bang, ba- ba- bang, bang, like, bang. It's the same thing, bro. I was so jarred. I was like, what the fuck? Why is he, is he biting Nicki Minaj? <laughs> Why not, man? He's paying a homage. It's <laughs> all right. It's I chill. was so confused. I was like, what is it? Um, and I, I feel like we need to do... I don't know if... A, does a, does Akon fit as hip-hop? Because I feel like we need to do a retrospective on T-Pain. Uh, not that's T-Pain, a, on Akon at some point. That's um, a retrospective. I don't, I don't know if that counts as, uh, in Digging Digits. Uh, that's fine. In, uh, I'm down for like, that. That's but, a full-on retrospective. I'm I'm keen for that. That's a story yeah, I there, there's tell. So, there's so many... There's, I have so many thoughts to Akon. Like, every time I listen to him, every time I hear him on something, I'm just like... Huh. I, like, bro, nobody has monopolized being a con, being a former convict than fucking Akon. Uh, it's actually crazy how he's just taken it and just fucking uh, t- took it to the, took it to the, took it to the bank. Um, but yeah, you know, Swizz on Jason, great. Uh. <laughs> even actually, even just Blaze on Synergy, his beat was a bit. To me, like, I don't think that was his best beat of I've ever heard. I feel like he could have done better there. Um, so yeah, it's just uh, well, well, I, I, I really hook on the fact. I really plant my hook on what you said about you know no lyrical missteps. I truly believe that. Like, I, even for something like one one more mile to go, which I don't really like again from a, a, a 
production perspective. Um, it, it, I can't I can't hate on it from a uh, from a lyrical perspective. Just from what, just from what he says on there, you know, what I mean, it's very uplifting. Uh, it, it gets a job done. Uh, when it all seems hopeless, real hard to focus, simple dilemmas come hard to you cope with. It's just good. It's good. It's good. Um, you know, just get up, dust yourself off kind of music. And I'm I'm here for that. Um, but the production on some of this just uh, really is so hit and miss for me. It sometimes it takes me out. Uh, I can be really invested, and then just some beat comes on. And I'm just like, okay. And shout out to Young Ads being on Confetti, by the way. Yeah, um, yeah, I was going to mention that. I, I was that? like. I was like, "What the? F- how the fuck did that phone call happen?" <laughs> yeah, that's wild. <laughs> did that happen? That's crazy. Yeah, I, 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 I totally forgot he was on here. Um, so yeah, shout out to Young Ads on that one. Um, I can't listen. I can't listen to him these days. Uh, but yeah, that was pretty. That was pretty okay on that front. But yeah, looks like uh, D Block Europe is the European arm of their label, D Block, and oh, Young Ads uh. is part of that. Oh, that makes so much sense. Yeah. I didn't even think about that, you know. D-block, D-block. There you go. <laughs> why, did t- why did that take me so long? I don't know. <laughs> I did not join those dots. That is absolutely crazy. JD oh, Kiss wanted so to funny. sign him. JD Kiss wanted to sign him when he was fifteen, apparently. That's I don't know how funny. old Young Ads is, bro. Here's the thing about Young Ads because I saw this on Twitter. I don't like D-block Europe. I don't like that the thing they do with the auto tune. I hate it. I fucking hate it. But if you listen to Young Ads back then, he actually spits. I mean, he spits now, but like it's just a vocal tone. I can't, I can't deal with it. It's just impossible. It's a non-starter for me. But yeah, that's it's that's fascinating. That is absolutely fascinating. I didn't even. Oh, okay, bro. Okay. That's so, that's. I feel like I'm stupid. Am I stupid for not even clocking that? <laughs> no, because I, I never knew. I never knew that they were related. But apparently, so they're not actually signed. Apparently, to. The locks there. It's just that the they were co-signed by D Block. Okay, so that makes sense. All right, so they were co-signed, but I guess I don't know what came first. I assume D Block Europe came first, and and they were like, you know, let's we love LOX, and we'll just call ourselves D Block Europe, and then yeah, obviously the locks heard it and and co-signed it. So yeah, shout that out. Oh, okay, interesting, yeah, fascinating. Yeah. Learn something every day. Yeah, so there you go, man. Top five DOE and then JD Kiss man, superstar. Everyone knows it now. Everyone knows it now, and we're gonna we're gonna dive into it next week. Finally, finally, finally. I know, but like, come on, man. Finally, we're doing LOX. It's just taken so many years mean? for me finally. to get to this point. What? Every week, what? I text Charlie. Locks this week. Oh, Locks here this we week. go. All right. Charlie's like, eh, All right. All right. no. Yeah. And on that note, and on so. that note, yeah. And on that note, that. Bullshit, throwing me under the bus like that. Like, like that's real fake news. <laughs> uh, we shall move on to Lionel if you have anything, Ben. Uh, no, I don't really have anything this week to be 100% good because I have any? a doozy. So, I went to uh, oh, I went yeah. to my first uh, proper anything event uh, this year. Uh, shout out to Reimagine. Uh, they do, uh, I mean, they usually. This is. I think this is the first time they they're back in business. Um, for obviously you know in the same way as a lot of people in the music industry, um, especially the shows and entertainment and uh, festival kind of eventing things. Uh, it's their first time back in my knowledge, and uh, they basically started off started everything back off with a uh, a one day festival. So what Reimagine do is they basically recreate well not recreate but they they play albums you know noble albums that we've all heard, um, in some capacity. 
and they put an orchestra behind it, you know what I mean, some strings, like, you know, just proper band shit, and, uh, and just, you know, play the album, um, not, not start to finish, you know what I mean, not every track, right, but, uh, you know, just a good amount for a good show, and, uh, yeah, so they did a one-day festival, and I went there yesterday with the Homie D, uh, they did, uh, Dr. Dre's 2001, uh, My Beautiful Dark to Fantasy, uh, Lemonade, uh, Destiny's Child Greatest Hits, um, and they also did Frank Ocean, uh, Channel Orange versus Blonde kind of mishmash, and uh, also a Prince Purple Rain. Um, uh, so, I, so we went there, and uh, you know it was cool, cool vibe, nice, nice little mini festival vibe, all uh, right, and uh, very muddy, which pissed me off because I hate uh, muddy situations um, in life and phys- physically and literally, uh, <laughs> physically and uh, what's the other word? Uh, uh, fuck it. Anyway, um, yeah, so it was okay, right? It was good. It was all good. We got there for hot, a bit of Dre because we were a bit late for different reasons. Um, and we went to get some food straight afterwards. So we hit up this store. And we could have gone to, you know, just hit up the Jamaican store. Just, you know, just safety, you know. We're, well, he's Jamaican anyway, but we both love Jamaican food, right? We could have just gone for that. But no, no, no. We had... We had to go around, we had to look around, right? We had to go around and see where, if, you know, see everything, you know what I mean? Just see, see what's there. So we see this little stool, this little stool. And, uh, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going, oh, it's, 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 it's like chicken something. Uh, and we're just like, oh, there you go. Just, just get some wings, innit? Just get some chicken. Um, so we line up. And they have a few flavors right there, you know what I mean? Like they got the habanero, they got some Korean style. I pick the mango, right? We, well, we both pick the mango, right? Mango flavoring. It's nice and spicy, got a nice kick to it. Um, they put like a like a, a sauce version of it as well um, onto the chips, and they bang like the chips bangs clean, right? And then we bit into the chicken. Ben, it wasn't chicken. What was it? <laughs> To our knowledge, it was a type of vegan chicken. Ah, you didn't fall for that, did you? That old chestnut. Was it a vegan spot? It didn't say vegan anywhere, bro. It just said chicken. See? See? It just said chicken. See? They have this in Australia. They have this one in (laughs) Sydney. And I sometimes used to stand out the front of it and just watched irate customers bring their food back saying the fuck is this this isn't chicken but it doesn't actually have chicken written anywhere on the menu it's like some sneaky but they don't say vegan or vegetarian anywhere on the menu bro yeah they cop they my got boy, you man my boy d said my boy d said, he he had an ink he had an inkling they got Do you, you know what that inkling was what? they were all white people behind the counter <laughs> He was he was so apprehensive. He was like, I don't know, I don't know, man. Oh, white people at the counter. I'm just like, yeah, it's probably a bit of a red flag, isn't it? Uh, but we still went for it because we were hungry. We we're just like, you know what? Fuck it, we're in line. Let's go. Oh, the undercover vegans. What did it taste bro. like? I I, <laughs> I said I told my dad about it. I sent him a text about it, and uh, he just gave me two laughing emojis. Just nothing else. Just two laughing emojis because he's bad. It's so funny. So I said th- I said this, and I'll save the message verbatim I sent to him. I said the flavor banged, but once the flavored surface went, 
It was like the texture of what I can only describe as candy floss made out of spider webs. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> It was it was it was like it was like it was like dissolving into like a string texture. It was so weird in the mouth. We were so bro, me and D have never eaten chicken so slowly. It took us twenty minutes to fin to finish two two drumsticks, bro. Two two drumsticks. We it took us twenty minutes. We were so confused, bro. We were just constant. Every time we took a bite, we were just like, we were just trying to figure out what the fuck was even going on. Because we knew it weren't chicken. Like for first, like he took the first bite and he was like, "Bro, what is this?" <laughs> I was like, "What do you mean?" He was like, "Look." He just showed me it. <laughs> See, it was just like this white, like whitish, grayish webbage. <laughs> It just looked like webbage. It was so weird. See, this is the oh. thing, man. This is the thing. Looking like I do and living in Sydney, I've dated a lot of vegan girls, and they swear by this. They swear by the... And I was plant-based for, like, four years. So I'm not going to call myself vegan because that's a whole conversation I don't want to get into, man. Like, that's a whole... That's a, that's a thing. you gotta you got to, like, promote it and, and be all, like, kind of militant about it. But there, there were people... And I would never eat these meat alternatives because it tastes awful i'm like this isn't meat it just tastes disgusting and then these people would be choking this food down opposite me and, and being like oh it's delicious i'm like it's not it's not delicious just get some fries or something you don't need to eat this fake meat it's not it's awful and i i swear it's like a whole it's like this whole thing that everyone's lying to themselves about this food oh, being bro. delicious but because they because they feel like they're being like morally superior it's cool you don't have to eat yeah, fake no. meat to be morally superior no. just eat some no. eat some freaking tofu or something man you don't have to eat <laughs> this stuff that's hilarious though that's hilarious i used to do genuinely that i think it's called lord of the fries in sydney or it might be another one that's a great name and uh it, it's so funny man because you know if, as i say a lot of the girls I've, I've dated have been vegan so we would get a lot of food from there and we just kind of sit out the front and just watch people and like you could tell, like you know, on the weekends, like dads would bring their kids to the place, and they'd all get like giant burgers and everything. And then all the time, ten minutes later, they'd be coming back. What the hell is this? What is this? Why is there no meat in it? <laughs> and they're like, Nah, there's no meat in this. It's not a meat. So uh, you, got finesse. Finesse. you got finesse. You got finesse. They... I got conned, fam. I got conned. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Paid... That's a scam. Do you know how much they were? Probably a get lot. Get your currency conversion up. Get your currency conversion on it. All right, let um, me get, let me get but before, my... But as, you, as you do that, I'm, I'm going to say what we did afterwards. So, yeah, so we, 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 we went on with the, with the festival. We left a bit early because uh, uh, it, the rain was annoying me and uh, there was too many people in the tent. And I was just like, yeah, I'm good. So we literally went straight to Waterloo to the best chicken spot in my experience, um, which is Dallas uh, Chicken. Shout out to them. They do the fucking best wings. Nicely spiced, nice little kick, kick behind it, just, oh, just banging chicken wings. So we had to get something. We had to just like remove ourselves from that abomination uh, and that con job that we just had experienced, and just got some really banging chicken. And I was like, bro, trust me, this is this is legit. Um, and yeah, he 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 had a whale of a time with it. Um, but yeah, that shit costs five quid for two drumsticks. Yeah, that's a lot of money, man. Five quid for two drumsticks, bruv. Yeah, you And got, here's the thing, as a final point, right? I, as a final point, I'm not against 
alternative based meat. Okay, I'm not against it. I've had uh, something, I don't know if it exists over there, but something that we've had in the UK for a long time, for like even before, you know, plant-based was even a thing, we had this thing called corn. And... Oh, yeah, we got that. I mean, uh, yeah. I I mean, back in the day, it was crap. I don't know what it's like now. It's right. right. It's probably probably much better now, yeah. I'm I'm sure... Yeah, I'm sure. In t- I'm sure in 15 years they've improved it somehow. Right. If you're thinking, right. but the thing is, if you're thinking you're going to eat chicken when you buy chicken from corn, you're not going to eat chicken. Don't go into it. People <laughs> need need to not go into it thinking they they're eating something exactly, different yeah. to that. You, you know? have to. Like, you yeah. have to. Yeah, you have to remove yourself from like this is this is not trying to be chicken. It's it's saying chicken, but it's not chicken, right? Just, yeah. Just try. Just don't. It just don't have the low expectations, basically. But you know, there's the Impossible Burger, right? And I've seen food people go like, "Oh, this is just like me. You won't even know," right? I, I'd love to try something like that. I can't wait for the day where there's chicken and chickens aren't being killed. I'm here for it. I'm so yeah, here same. for it, right? I'm here for that day when that day comes. I will immediately switch the fuck up. I'm not even kidding. KFC, bye. McDonald's, bye. Dallas chicken, bye. Honestly, for real, I would dip. But bro, that finesse that I just experienced last yesterday had me in a whirlwind of thought. I was just so we were just con- we were just in constant state of shock every time we every time every time some one of us mentioned it. We were, I was just like we were just like, what the fuck was that? It was just, yeah, <laughs> so dumbfounded. Oh my gosh! It's anyway. really, it's really weird, man. It's it's a weird, it's a weird thing. Like I was always a bit like that with Lord of the Fries, and then I'm just like, what? Well, you know, it's not fair. Like, I don't find it fair. You know, as as someone who is uh was vegetarian and plant based for a long time, and my, you know, I take a lot of fucking drugs to be 100 honest, and it fucks with my vitamins, it fucks with my levels, and I have no choice but to eat meat unfortunately um every time i've tried supplements i get even sicker so like i have to eat meat unfortunately and i don't agree with it i don't agree with the way that uh i just don't agree with the agriculture industry in it i just don't think it's sustainable i don't you know it, you can remove all the you know the killing and and the helpless chickens that are, you can remove all that and just i it's not sustainable for us to live this way most of our greenhouse gas emissions come from farming if you look it up agriculture methane is one of the biggest contributors to greenhouse gases and one of the biggest contributors to climate change so i just don't see it as sustainable and i don't think in 30 40 years we're going to be eating as much meat as we're eating now but this whole idea of like tricking people into eating plant-based food is confusing to me like i I don't really get it I, i don't see why you would need to do that like people people have the opportunity to try that food if they want to like don't force it down their throats it's a weird thing i never really understood it i, I don't get it well, what do they think's gonna happen honestly tell me what's <laughs> what do they think's gonna happen okay you've, you've tricked a meat eater into eating fake meat which is nowhere it's not gonna be anywhere near as good as the real meat it just isn't i know because i spent enough time eating meat and then not eating meat and then going back to meat there was nothing like that first bite of chicken i had when I went back to meat, there was nothing like it. It was absolutely delicious. It was unbelievable. And I felt bad, but I was like, I need this. I need this shit. So if they're eating it, if, if Charlie goes and buys fake chicken, 
And he's like, this is garbage. What? What is it? What are you proving? You're just proving that meat, meat-based alternative, uh, non-meat-based alternatives are crap. I, I don't. That doesn't make sense to me, man. Like, as, again, as someone who's dated a lot of vegan people, there's ways to go about it, and there's ways to not go about it. And I personally don't think that's the right way to go about it. It just does. It's never sat right with me. I've never understood it, and it frustrates people. You know, it gets people angry and people pissed off at the vegan community and I, I why would you want to court that you know why you know, you're trying to change people's perspectives you're not trying to coerce them into it it's not the right way to go about it, it just it never sat right with me okay um on that a very interesting rant uh we shall i guess leave it there um shout out to you know shout out to vegan chicken <laughs> it mm. tastes like webbage <laughs> ladies and gentlemen well, the Fifth Element Podcast Network has been digging digits. I've enjoyed this episode. I've been Charlie Taylor of the Fifth Element. I've been Ben Kyra Pop Numbers. Has been lovingly ruined. Next week, we're doing Deep Lock. We're doing the Locks retrospective on the group. Far uh, to, out, for, man. For this is going to be an episode. This is going to be an episode. Ben's, Ben's excited. <laughs> um, Three hours uh, yeah. minimum. What? <laughs> you know what we should do? We should we should like we should collaborate beforehand, and I'll say half a sentence, and you say half a sentence, just like Jaden Styles Pete, and we'll just oh do the gosh. whole podcast in that style. That would be very unique. We hope you all have a good week. We shall always try and do the same. Ah, that was good. But until the next time, take it easy, ladies and gentlemen. Alright, peace. Digging in the Digits is produced by me and Ben Carter. The show is edited by me. Music for the show is pieces of video games by bonus points. Thanks to Joel Breckers, who did these years. Socials for the Fifth Element, hip hop by numbers, bonus points, and Joel Breckers will be in the full show notes for everybody listening. This has been a Fifth Element podcast now production. Thanks for spending time with us. We shall see you next time on Digging in the Digits. <laughs>